Episode 178 is proudly brought to you by Invisalign. Invisalign treatment is the clear and virtually invisible solution for straightening your teeth and to help you exude confidence. Hi, welcome to my mum's show. (laughs) Hello and welcome to this episode of The Single Mother Survival Guide Podcast. My name is Julia Husher and I'm the host of this show. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm absolutely thrilled that you're here. So, This week's episode is a solo episode. It's an Ask Julia episode, and we'll get to that in just one minute. But before we do, I just want to thank everybody so much who has written in to me lately. I particularly want to thank everybody who wrote to me at Christmas time. Seriously, it really meant a lot to me. I I sent off an email to all my beautiful email subscribers right before I got on the plane to go to Thailand. I dropped my daughter off at the airport and then I came home. I sent off an email, you know, packed and did a few things at home. And then I arrived in Kuala Lumpur and so many people had responded to my email and it was just so lovely, you know, and I just wanted to say thank you so much. It it really means a lot to me. And I know I haven't responded to them yet because I'm still <laughs> catching up on like the Christmas period. But honestly, it just, I want you to know that it really made my day, you know, because it was, it was a hard day for me being with it without my daughter and just kind of, you know, having a day like any other day. So it was quite tough. So, you know, getting those really nice emails, it was just, it was really lovely. And I want you to know that creating this podcast and everything that I do for single mums is such a joy. It brings me so much joy. It's such a privilege and it's such an honor. So it's, it's my pleasure, you know? So anyway, thank you for that. Today's shout out is an iTunes review from Australia, Sarah Jane Fit, or maybe it's Sarah. I'm not sure. She wrote five stars sister. After nearly six years of being a single mother, I found your podcast and have binge listened over the last few weeks to nearly every episode. Thank you for your authenticity in making this Julia. Your passion for our tribe really shines through in each episode. Keep on doing what you love and please don't let yourself burn out with love. Sarah. Thank you so much, Sarah. And you're right. I've got to be really careful not to let myself burn out. So that's on my on my list for this year. But you know, thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for that really lovely feedback. I'm absolutely thrilled that you love the show. And you know, if it wasn't for people like you who listened, then I would have no reason to do it because I don't want to be sitting here talking to myself for years on end. So honestly, it means the world. Thank you so much. And if you are a regular listener and you haven't yet left a review, I would be super grateful if you could leave one for me. It makes the podcast easier for new single mums to find. And it's super, super simple. You just have to go to your podcast app, click on write a review. And if you don't have time to write a review, even just tapping on the stars, is amazing. You can just tap five stars if you love the podcast and you can subscribe while you're there and you'll never miss an episode. So thank you very much for that. Anyway, let's move on. And this week's episode is an Ask Julia style episode. Let's get into it. Right, so I've got a few questions today that have been sent in to me. If this is your first time listening to this sort of style episode, what I usually do is I get a few questions together that people have emailed to me. I always get their permission and I 
always keep them anonymous. So if you ever write to me and you're worried about that, please don't. I'm never going to read out your name and your story or anything like that. It is for my eyes only. And if I'm going to read something out on a podcast, I definitely get permission. And because I do get so many people writing into me to ask me about thoughts on a certain topic or situation, and I can't respond to everybody's situations because it's just, I would never <laughs> do anything else really. So the, a good way for me to do that is to you know, pick a few and to respond to these in a podcast episode because it also is a lot easier for me to talk about something rather than sitting there writing it. And it also benefits other people as well because if someone is asking the question, other people are too. So the first question is, and this one was over Instagram and she wrote, Hey Jules, I need your advice. I know the relationship with your daughter's father is less than pleasant, but I also know you don't have to communicate a whole lot as you aren't in the same towns and don't have a 50, 50 arrangement. I however do. Our daughters spend half and a half time with us throughout the week. It works for us and we're all used to the routine now. However, my ex is a narcissist, an emotionally dangerous and controlling man. I didn't know it was like this until he left me for the other woman. Anyway, long story short, just this week, he has given our eight-year-old daughter a phone with credit so she can contact him while he works away whenever she pleases. This was not discussed with me. He knows I did not want our young and impressionable daughters having access to technology like this until they're older and could understand boundaries, etc. better. Any advice for how I react to this? I know he's trying to hurt me and make me blow up what would you do if that happened? I'm trying so hard to co-parent amicably and have genuinely wished them all the best in their new future, but this crap just continues. Sorry to burden you with this. Just thought you might be the right source for advice. Thank you. Okay. So first of all, you're not a burden to me at all. Like seriously, that's don't even, don't even say that. It's not a burden to me. It's I'm honestly, I feel privileged that you would ask me for my thoughts. And, you know, that's what this is. So just please keep in mind that whatever I do say in response to these questions is not like, I don't know the entire story. Okay. These are just my thoughts. I'm not telling you what to do. This is, you know, generally what I would do in this situation and, you know, take it or leave it. So, you know, you're, you know, you and your kids and your ex and all that best. So just keep that in mind. Okay. So, uh, what would I do? I would be pretty annoyed, <laughs> if I'm honest. I would be pretty annoyed, very annoyed. You know, a similar thing happened when my daughter turned five. It was her birthday and her father had sent a gift and we're sitting in the living room. She's opening her presents. She opened his present up and it was an iPad. And I was shocked. You know, I was like, oh, it's an iPad amazing but on the inside I was like WTF like seriously so I, I kind of get it a phone is different though I feel like that is taking it a step further with the iPad I didn't say anything and what I did say to my daughter was that you know even though her father sent her an iPad which was lovely that I have rules in my house and that applies to whatever is in our house and that includes the iPad. So she has limited time on that. She's not allowed to use it during the week. She uses it on weekends and school holidays now a little bit, but generally 
I put those boundaries in place. But with a phone, like that is different. And I would not be comfortable with that either. So if it were me, I would probably first talk to my daughter and say, this is a really kind gesture that your dad's done. And I know he's trying to do something really nice and he wants you guys to talk and that's fantastic. Your dad and I, we haven't actually discussed the phone thing and you're still quite little. You know, there's plenty of time to get a phone. We don't need one right now. And I'm going to talk to him about it because I think this is something that we should discuss as parents. And you can talk to your dad whenever you want on my phone, but I'm going to talk to him and I'll come back to you. And then what I would do is I would talk to your ex. And if it was me, I'm, I'm just, so now I'm speaking for what I would say. And, you know, the, the instinct is to get very angry and accusatory and you did this and you didn't ask me and rah, rah, rah. And I get it. You know, I totally get it. That's why, first of all, as well, I would say never, ever respond to something when you're feeling angry or sad or really emotional, because what's going to come out is maybe not how you intend for it to come out. And I always ask myself when I write something or anything like that, how do I sound? Like if this was going to be used against me in court, think about that kind of stuff. So I would probably say to him, if you're in on like speaking terms, I would say, look, and the thing is, as you said, he's trying to hurt you and make you blow up. So that's definitely not what you want to do. You want to remain calm and in control of your emotions. And I would say something like, you know, you gave so-and-so a phone, like that's a really nice gesture, but it's not something that I'm comfortable with you making sort of technology decisions in my home. Like if you want her to have a phone in your home, that's one thing, but to give her a phone to use in my house, you're kind of taking away my decisions when it comes to technology. And that is something that, you know, I thought we'd talked about and you know my thoughts on it and I'm just not comfortable with it. And you can talk to her whenever you want, like whenever you want, you know, you talk to her, you call, whatever, it's fine. But I'm just not comfortable with the whole phone thing and the risks. And I know that you really care about her best interest. And I just, I don't think this is in her best interest at this point. That's what I would do. I would try to talk to him about it like that. It's really hard. It's a really hard one. But, you know, you are in charge of the decisions in your home. And I think it's really unfair for someone to come and sort of put that on you because it sucks as well because then you look like the baddie, you know, when you're like, no, I know dad gave you a phone, but actually not allowed to have it. So I get it. You know, I totally get it and it sucks. But what you want to do is, I guess, do not react to how you think he's trying to get you to react. You know, just act very casual about it and like you don't really care. You can even mention it as a side comment to just kind of show that it hasn't affected you as much as it actually has, you know. So if you're talking about whatever and then you could just go, oh, by the way, um, you know, really nice of you to get the phone, but I have mentioned my thoughts on it and I think she's too young for a phone and I don't want her to have a phone in my house. And just make it really casual, you know, but also be firm. Don't kind of be timid or like question, like basically I would just tell him how it is. I hope that's helped a little bit. Uh, it's a tricky one. It's a really, really tricky one. Okay. The next one is 
Hi, Julia. I have hardly any family support. It ebbs and flows and I stick it out, hoping it might change despite my best efforts are for help and trying to nurture those relationships too. But my mum, who has never really been around for my brother and I, continues to be unavailable. I don't really have much of a relationship with my dad. My brother is too busy. How did you do it? My daughter's dad is abusive and isn't in our lives. It's been like this for too long. My daughter is now almost three years old and I need to have more sanity, inviting a lover as I'd like a healthy relationship and more children. Any tips of building support? I don't like burdening my friends and I don't have much to give in return. I am over in Bali on holidays and I feel more support in a way from the community and feel of the Balinese who just love children, are curious to engage with my daughter, offer endless help. To put in context, I'm staying in a hotel, but I'm not sure the same cultural emphasis on enjoying children is really the same in Australia. It's an interesting comparison and made me consider looking for a job as a nurse in Bali's International Hospital. Okay, so... Thank you so much for writing in and I totally hear you, you know, like I don't really talk a lot about my family on here, but it's, it's hard for me as well in that way. I, you know, my mom doesn't live in Sydney and, um, my dad and, you know, he's, he's kind of got his own life, you know, he's got, still got, I've got half brothers that one of them's still at school. Like, you know, they're kind of, they're not sort of the traditional grandparents that I thought my parents would be to be honest with you it's and it's been very very tough and as grateful as I am for the support that I have had uh it's been it has been a struggle for me so I I totally understand and you know your daughter's three or almost three which is really really hard it's a really hard age and I hear you on the sanity I hear you on the lover I hear you on the wanting more children And I hear you on the lack of support. And I also hear you on not wanting to burden your friends. At that age, what I did do is I did do swaps with my friends. And that really helped me. If you can find some single mums or other mums, don't even have to be single, but just that just want a break. Maybe you could have the kids one day a week or one morning a week and this other person could have them, you swap, she could have them one afternoon a week or something. It gives you a little bit of time and it just gives you that window to kind of look forward to and go, I know I'm going to have that little break. I would be doing everything that you can to get that because we need to look after ourselves as well. So if you don't have anyone like that, I would be prioritizing trying to make some sort of a friendship like that. The other thing is like your friends, I know you don't like burdening them and I'm the same. I really don't like asking people for help, but I'm a lot better at it now. And if somebody offers, I usually say yes. And I did at that time anyway. The other thing is like your option of moving to Bali. I mean, that is an option. And to be honest, that's something that would really appeal to me if I was in your situation as well, because it's cheap. It's a beautiful lifestyle. The people are lovely and curious and helpful. And uh, I mean, for me, if if the dad's not involved and the family's not involved, I mean, for me, that would be a very appealing option. And also maybe a good age to do it at because maybe you want to come back to Australia when, when your daughter is ready for school. I don't know. 
But I just think when, when they're young and if you can get work there, and I mean, you're a nurse, that's amazing. You know, you can really go international with that. Uh, why not? I mean, what a fun experience anyway. And if worse comes to worse, like you just come home if it's terrible. I think, I think it would be an amazing, an amazing option, actually. I mean, without wanting, to, you know, rushing to leave the country, just trying to organize a swap of some sort would be a good idea or daycare if you can do like I don't know just invest in a babysitter once once a fortnight or reach out to your mother's group friends or I remember when I was working in the city as a consultant and I was working four days a week Monday Tuesday Thursday Friday and once a month I would book my daughter into daycare on a Wednesday even though I was not working just to give myself like a sanity day you know, once a month have a day to myself because that did not happen. It was just like work, pick my daughter up from daycare, come home, cook, do all the stuff, go to bed, you know, repeat. And it was exhausting. And I I really hung out for those days where I just had one day to myself, loved it. (laughs) Um, So if you could do something like that, that would be amazing as well. Okay, my friend, before I carry on, I just want to tell you quickly a little bit about Invisalign, who is sponsoring the show today. As you know, I am in a collaboration with them and my dentist, Statilla Pike from Bright Smile Dental in I'm so excited to have them both on board and I'm super excited to be able to share my Invisalign journey with you. So last week I was telling you a little bit about the you know, the benefits that I've found Invisalign treatment have on my lifestyle in terms of not spending a lot of money at the dentist, no food restrictions, having the clear aligners. So, you know, it's not as obvious, all that kind of thing. Today, I just want to talk to you very briefly about, I guess, the journey that you can kind of see, because this is what I find really exciting. So let me tell you, when you get your, when you initially go, you get this sort of scan done and they scan your mouth and then they, from there, they, they create all your aligners, which you change every two weeks. So when they've done that, you get to see an actual visual of how your teeth are going to move through each stage, each stage being a fortnight of the Invisalign aligners being worn. So it's super exciting because the effects are just like, wow. And if you go to my Instagram story highlights, I've got an Invisalign story highlights, go on there. You can actually see this movement for yourself and it is amazing. Like (laughs) it blew me away. So now whenever I go to my appointment at the dentist, which as I said last week is around about every couple of months, I get to see this kind of progress update of how my teeth have moved. It's fantastic. It's very exciting to see the way that your teeth are moving and how far they've actually come and where they're predicted to go. I find that part of it super exciting. It's very cool. So make sure you check out my highlights for that because I think you'll be similarly amazed. Um, And the second thing that I wanted to talk about briefly today was about a day in the life of kind of having Invisalign treatment and what my routine looks like. And for me, it's very easy. Like what I do is I get up in the morning, I slept with my Invisalign aligners, I take them out when I go to have breakfast, then I put them back in. When I brush my teeth, I brush my teeth as normal. I brush my Invisalign aligners 
and then I rinse everything out. I put them back in and then basically I take them in and out. If I'm having a cup of tea, if I'm having anything that's not clear. So for example, most of the time I drink soda water. I just leave them in. It's completely fine. But if I'm having a hot tea, I take them out because it can, you know, they're obviously sort of some sort of a plastic. I don't know exactly what it is, but it, you know, it can move with temperature if something's too hot. So I take it out if I'm having a cup of tea and then I just put them back in. If I'm eating something, I take it out, then I put it back in and it's done. You know, rinse, rinse them out, brush them if I want to. Uh, but it's so easy. It's just so easy. So the other benefit that I'm actually doing at the moment, <laughs> which is like a, just an added bonus, is I've got very sensitive teeth, uh, gums, I should say, very sensitive gums. And I've got this stuff that my dentist, Statilla, gave me, which is called tooth mousse, which is supposed to help with that sensitivity. So you can actually put the tooth mousse, the tooth mousse in your aligner and it kind of helps just let the, the mousse kind of sit there and just kind of have its effect, do its thing on your gums. And then, you know, you leave it there for half an hour, an hour, and then you rinse it out. So that's what I do as well before I go to bed. And then brush like normal again when I go to sleep and put my Invisaligners in at when I go to sleep and they're in all night. So I think you have them in around, I can't remember what they actually recommend, but I think it's around 22 hours a day that you're supposed to wear them. So it's very easy. And can I just say, I'm so glad I did it because I'm now I'm halfway through, I'm more than halfway through and all this time has passed anyway, you know? So now that I've kind of got the ball rolling, I've, I'm halfway done. It's just, it's going to be over before I know it. So I'm thrilled, actually thrilled. I'm very happy. Okay. Let's get back to the last question that was sent in that I just want to touch on today. So the question is, as a single parent, do you really need to get private health insurance for the unexpected events? I've heard for and against private health and I'm not sure whether I should keep it or ditch it. There are public children's hospitals that specifically look after kids. I am on the low income scale and I don't need to get it to avoid the Medicare levy surcharge. Should I ditch it so I can put that money elsewhere to better use? Is it better to keep private health than is extras add-on really necessary or a waste of money? Okay, this is a tricky one. I mean, you're from Australia because you're talking about Medicare. So I cannot speak for all the health systems all around the world. So you really have to do your own research. I can speak a little bit about what I know, but I'm by no means like a health insurance expert. So I did do a little bit of research for you. I know that you said you've already looked into it, um, but for anyone listening who hasn't, I did a little bit of research. So this is taken straight <laughs> from my Google research, but basically some of the pros and cons uh, for private health insurance. Let's talk about pros first. Shorter waiting times. So there's less waiting period if you're receiving treatment, mainly for elective surgery, apparently. Uh, what else have we got? Private hospital rooms. So if you are in a hospital 
Uh, and if you're in the public system, you're often in a room with maybe four, six other people. Private health, you can usually request a private room subject to availability. If you're having a baby, obviously that has its benefits as well. I know I had my daughter in the private system and I really loved having my own room, but I've had friends who did it through the public system and they were really happy as well. But I know they were sharing a room. Uh, you can claim money back on other, on certain services that Medicare does not cover. Uh, these are extras, you know, dental, optical, chiropractic and physiotherapy. A lot of them also do psychology. There's other sort of bonuses. For example, with my health insurance, I'm with Bupa. Um, don't, I'm not endorsing it or I'm not saying for or against because to be honest, I really want to do a bit of a research and make sure I'm with the most beneficial company for me. At the moment, I'm not entirely sure. I've been with Bupa for years and so far I've been happy, but it is a lot of money and I just want to make sure I'm getting as much bang for my buck really as I can. Um, but one thing that I love that I am getting through Bupa is that every single year I get two free pairs of glasses and they can be normal like reading glasses or they can be sunglasses which is pretty cool because you know that's one of those things that I would not normally go and spend a buy for myself because it's a bit of a nice to have not a necess not a necessity so yeah I get to and I usually just go for the sunglasses because I've I've got a very low prescription glasses I've got glasses that I wear in the car when I drive and I mainly just wear them at night if I'm driving which you know with a small child I'm usually not driving around at night so I rarely wear them so I've got two pairs of glasses that I have in the car and I've got a whole lot of sunglasses that I've accumulated over the years all my free pairs from Bupa so it's pretty cool I like that um, but you know is it worth having private health insurance just for that no uh, if, you're, uh, if you are having a baby, obviously you've got the pregnancy cover as well, as I sort of talked about before. Dental, um, I guess it depends. Like for me, even with this Invisalign, like my Invisalign lab fees are being waived, which means I'm not paying for the actual Invisalign. It's been gifted to me. I do have dental fees, however, although they were discounted as part of our collaboration. However... Because of my cover, I'm actually only $200 out of pocket for the entire dental fees. So it's actually, I'm loving the dental, you know, I guess it depends. Like if you have something coming up, keep it. It can be so expensive. I mean, I guess as well for your kids, like if you need any dental orthodontical stuff or orthodontic kind of work, it, you might be better off keeping it or just getting it done and then cancelling it um, you also get to select your doctor or your surgeon and as you mentioned in your question people who have private health insurance with a sufficient level of hospital cover are exempt from paying the medicare levy surcharge some of the cons obviously the cost it is really expensive i can't think at the top oh what do i pay i will tell you just a second let me find it Where's my budget spreadsheet? Dun, dun, dun. Found it. Okay, so I pay $253 a month, which is quite a lot. You know, it's a massive expense each month to pay on your own, which is why I kind of want to look into it and look at options and see whether I'm getting the best deal. 
it is a little bit confusing in terms of what you're covered for and what you're not and whether there is any exclusions and then there's out-of-pocket costs as well so that, yeah, you still have to pay stuff anyway. In terms of the extras, do you really need a lot of the stuff that you're covered for, you know, that kind of thing, the cons? Uh, I mean, the main one for us as single parents is probably just the cost. It is a lot of money. Look, personally, and please don't take this as like private advice or anything like that, because as I said at the beginning, I don't know anyone's private situation. Uh, For this individual who has written, I mean, if you are on the low income scale and you don't need it to avoid the Medicare levy surcharge, if that was me... I would probably ditch it, but what I would do is I would make sure I do something really smart with that money. So I'd put it into my super or I don't know if you have listened to the Canna Campbell episode that I did, which is about the $1,000 project. I'll link to it in the show notes, you know, put that money aside and put it into shares, like make sure you do something good with it because if you have managed to pay for it so far, then definitely put that money to good use. Because the thing is, we we adjust our lifestyle to whatever money we have coming in. We really do. So before you know it, you won't even realize that you're spending an extra $250 a month, maybe on something that you don't even really need, like an extra coffee every day or like, you know, something that it just disappears. Like it's very easy to do that. So I think if you can set up, if you, if you do ditch it, Make sure you set up some kind of a direct debit to maybe put the money directly into your $1,000 project account or put it into your superannuation or do something smart with it so that it doesn't just get eaten up by something else. Yeah, that's, I mean, it is a really hard one. I've actually contemplated a lot before as well myself getting rid of it because it's just like, it's a lot of money. It's a lot. But if I ever do get rid of it, which, you know, I will look into that this year. But if I ever do, I will definitely make sure I do something smart with it. The thing is, like in Australia, we have a very good public health system, I think. You know, if there's ever an emergency, like our kids, every, like it's going to be okay. You know, we will be okay. We have good medical people. We have good hospitals. I mean, this is my opinion, of course, but I I – I haven't had any negative experiences with it at all. But that's my thoughts on it. I hope that helps. Anyway, those are kind of all the things that I wanted to address those those three questions. I wanted to touch on my thoughts with those today. If you ever want to get in touch with me and contact me to send me a question or for whatever reason, you can email me at julia at singlemothersurvivalguide.com or you can connect with me on Instagram and or Facebook at Single Mother Survival Guide. I love hearing from you and feel free to get in touch anytime. As I mentioned at the beginning, if you have enjoyed this podcast, I would love, 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 love for you to rate it in iTunes. And if you have a few minutes, even writing a review would be absolutely incredible and help single mums find this podcast. If you want to check out the website, which is my website, www.singlemothersurvivalguide.com, you can read the blog, you can check out all the other podcast episodes. And there's a link on the homepage to join the Single Mother Survival Guide Support Forum, which is a Facebook group for us all to connect with each other. So, 
would love to have you join us in there. Just put a request through, make sure you answer the questions because I'm a bit of a stalker and I do look at every single profile because my main goal with that group is to keep it safe, to keep it supportive and to keep it with genuine single mothers. So if you have a brand new account that you started two weeks ago with no photo and zero children in sight, I'm probably not going to allow it to be honest. So genuine accounts only. Before I go, I just want to quickly mention the Australian bushfires that are currently going on and just say how absolutely devastated I've been and also how devastated my daughter has been. We, I watched the news with my daughter and I tried to explain to her what is happening and it's, it's heartbreaking. You know, it's just so heartbreaking. It feels like we're in like a war zone with nature. It's just absolutely shocking. And I've been a little bit absent on Instagram stories because, which is very unlike me. And I've had many people message me going, is everything okay? Are you okay? And the thing is, I actually don't really know what to say. I feel like talking about anything else at this point is really inappropriate. That's just me. Like I, I'm enjoying watching other people's bits in between, you know, but I've been, I've been following all along with different people that I'm following and especially the news sites made donations to the New South Wales RFS and also the RFS through Celeste Barber's donations appeal and we intend to adopt a koala and we intend to donate to wires as well over the next week or two. And we feel really helpless, you know, and for me personally, it's brought on a lot of anxiety. I feel overwhelmed and I feel scared and I feel so sad and heartbroken seeing what's happening around our country and seeing what's happening to the people and the animals and the land and it's it's there are no words there are just no words one thing that is really nice that has come out of this is the the huge generosity of the people and how supportive everyone is with each other and the love that has flown in from around the world someone messaged me the other day on Instagram saying that they had donated to the Red Cross in my honor and I just thought that was the nicest thing it actually made me teary it was just beautiful and you know the support around Australia and all around the world is it's really heartwarming so that's kind of been the light and we are just praying to the universe that these fires stop soon and we are just so grateful to all the firefighters who have been working so tirelessly for months, you know, these bushfires have been going for months and months and who are just doing everything they can and the volunteer firefighters who, you know, are not even making any money because they're firefighting and they're not in their jobs as they normally would be and, you know, the people have just, it's just, you know, they're just doing their best and it's, it's beautiful and we're just so grateful. So what I might do is put in a few links in the show notes for people if they want to donate to any of the Australian sort of, I'll put in a few of the, the charities that I know were um, accepting donations, money donations. Um, I know people have donated food and lots of other supplies and I think at the moment there's like this real push for, for, for money for people. 
Uh, I'll put those links in. Do not feel obliged to pay. I know that finances can be really tough, but you know, even a couple of dollars, it all makes a difference. You know, if everyone here put $2 in, I mean, wow. I mean, how amazing would that be? Yeah. So we were supposed to actually go down to the South Coast today. Uh, we were going on a trip the, the, This today being the day the podcast comes out and um, we were going down to visit our friends, Taria and Michael, Taria Pitt obviously lives down there and, you know, that she, I know she's gone through a tough time and it's very very dismal the conditions down there we've yeah cancelled our trip so we are looking forward to going to visit the south coast in you know as soon as we can when the when it's safe again and where people are rebuilding and to support those local businesses and you know this is going to have a major impact on tourism for Australia as well it's it's shocking actually so it's very scary yeah so thank you again, for your love and support from all over the world. It really means so much to me and it really means so much to everybody in Australia. It's just beautiful. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day or evening, depending on where you are and when you're listening. Pray for Australia, pray for rain, lots and lots of rain. I look forward to speaking with you next week. Okay, bye for now.